0: Earlier this week, Roger called me to to inquire about what I would be preaching on to get an idea, and I think I should have asked what he was going to be preaching on. It is very hard to, to, to follow a story of a sickly dog who's nursed back to health and who is living and loving the people he lives with. Great job, Roger. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, next month will mark 12 years when I first preached at Asbury when I first received an invitation to go and preach to the congregation I didn't know anything about Asbury I had never been there I didn't know anybody from Asbury but I received this invitation I said yeah sure I'll go I I don't see why not and and uh, and I went and I, and, I, and I was surprised when I walked in that there were only 12 people right? There were 12 elderly people and I was surprised I saw this big building that's three to 400 people I said wow this is going to be a really nice place to preach and I said oh, where are the people? and, and so I, 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 I went through that Sunday and and preached like it was filled like there were 300, 400 and it was, there were 12 earthly bodies and and the rest were all angels they were all there, I believe it. And as I was leaving that morning, as I walked towards the door an old retired Air Force Colonel, A.B. Nichols he was a pilot, he was shot down over Europe during World War II called out from the foyer. Hey, preacher, can you come back next week? He had just handed me a check for $50, the honorarium. I looked at the check. I said, that's lunch for this week? Sure, why not? And so I went back the following week. And I went back the following week. And I went back the following week and that went on for about three months and they finally said why can't you just be our preacher I said well you know that's not the way it works in the United Methodist Church there's district superintendents there's cabinets there's a bishop that has to be involved and, and, and it's just not that easy so that next Monday I went to my job at Methodist Healthcare Ministries and by God I got a call from the district superintendent. I said, oh, Lord, I'm in trouble. What did I do now? He says, I hear you've been preaching at Asbury. I said, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, I've been preaching at Asbury. He says, how would you like to be appointed to Asbury? We can't find a preacher for that place. Why don't you step up and be that man? And it was all well and good when I had the opportunity to say yes every Sunday. But when the district superintendent said, Uh, We'd like to call you to become that preacher. I had to hesitate there for a moment. I'm not sure if I want to do that. Well, why not? I'm not sure if that's where my family and I want to be. Well, this isn't about where you and your family want to be. This is where God is calling you to be. Pray about it. And so after a couple of weeks, I called him back and I said, okay, let's do this. And then three years into that, I had written a letter to the the district superintendent who was different by this time. I said, you know, I feel that, that God wants to do something here in this church community. I don't think we should just turn our backs on it and close it when all these members pass away. There's ministry potential in this area. And I'd like to take that on if, if you don't mind. And, uh, but I'd like to do that full time. So is there any way that the district or the conference can help me in that? And Dia said, well, I don't really think we have the money right now, but let's see what we can do. Forgot about that. And a few months later, I get a call from this man. His name was David. You might know him. And he said, you know, I've got this letter, this paper from the district superintendent about a plan for ministry you have over at Asbury. I'd like to talk to you about that. I said, okay, I'll, I'll meet with you. I, don't, I didn't know David at the time. I didn't know what this was about. And so we met in his office upstairs, and, and he, he says, we'd like to partner with you. And I don't know if many of you know this, but my initial response to David was no. I don't want to do that. And David said, why not? I said, I don't know if that's what God is calling me to, to partner. Think about it, pray about it. David came back a few months later, and he said, look, we really want to do this. But we're not going to do it if you're not involved. I didn't know how to take that. Went home, I talked to Diane, my wife. I said, can you believe him? He put me on the spot and said, they're not going to do it if I'm not involved. I I gave them some names of some people who might want to do this. And my wife, Diane, said, yeah, but God is not calling those names. God is calling you. And you need to answer God. So like I said, it's been 12 years this coming month. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that this would turn into a 12-year relationship. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that there would be a partnership between Asbury and Alamo Heights. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that ministry would still be going on at Asbury today. Ministry that has shaped me. Ministry that has impacted me. Ministry that has changed me. Even though I was hesitant. I've been hesitant about ministry my whole life. I started to hear the call to ministry when I was 16. And I said no to God each and every time. And God kept on calling and knocking and say, won't you just come and follow me? That's what we're going to look at today in this scripture from Mark. We encounter Jesus getting ready to start his ministry. The ministry that he was born for. The ministry that he was sent to earth for. And it begins... After John was arrested, and Jesus is walking in Galilee, and he says, The kingdom of God has come near. Now, for John Wesley, the kingdom of God was more a condition of the soul and not a political entity. And Wesley believed that we could experience the kingdom of God here and now. There were a few ways that that we would be able to do that and Jesus gives us the blueprint for experiencing the kingdom of God that has come near. The first thing that Jesus says as the kingdom of God is approaching is to repent. Now we don't like to talk about that word much nowadays in the church we don't don't use that word very often but really all repent means is you need or we need to make some changes things aren't going the way God intended and there's an opportunity to make change so Jesus is saying let's make some changes here Let's get in line with what God expects, what God is calling us to. And one of the reasons we try to stay away from this word is because it's always or has been associated with guilt and shame, guilting you and shaming you into the kingdom of God. And that's not how Jesus is presenting it here. Listen, we need to make some changes, some healthy lifestyle changes so that we can experience the kingdom of God here and now. And this repentance is not only an individual or personal repentance, it can be a corporate or national repentance. And if you look at the state of our nation, we need to make some changes, amen? The way we interact, the way we treat one another, the way we talk about one another there are some changes that need to occur. And so Jesus is saying, if you want to experience the kingdom of God, first recognize that there needs to be some change in our lives individually and corporately. And then he says, and then you need to believe in the good news. Believe in the good news. My friends, we have good news to share about Jesus Christ. By way of the cross, Jesus has made a way for each and every one of us to be in intimate and personal relationship with God the Father. And Jesus is saying, you just need to believe that with all your heart. Believe that and experience the kingdom of God that has come near and then we find Jesus walking along the sea of Galilee and he calls out to two brothers and he says come follow me So if we want to experience the kingdom of God come near, we must begin to follow Jesus earnestly, sincerely, authentically. Come follow me. The time has come. The time is now for the church of Jesus Christ to awaken and to rise up and to begin to follow him once again, the time is now. There was a song back in 1964 written by Bob Dylan. Now, 1964, I was born, so I don't know the song from 1964. I know it from YouTube recently. But the name of the song was the times are a-changin'. The times are a-changin'. And that's been true throughout time. Time has always brought about change, cultural change, uh, technology, science, medicine, always bringing about change. In fact, we've experienced some of that change here and now. We have our our services broadcast on, on different social media platforms as we speak, as we gather because the times have changed, right? But what hasn't changed is the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the God that we worship who remains unchanged. The methods we use may change but the God we serve remains unchanged and so my friends what time is it in the life of the church in our own personal individual lives the question that I ask is what time is it using this scripture Jesus says it's time to experience the kingdom of God. Using this passage, it's time to repent or to bring about some change, both personally and corporately. There are things that need to change. It's time to believe. In the good news. It's time to say yes to Jesus when he says, follow me. Now when I look back on my life and I see those times where Jesus has called me and I've resisted, I've recognized that the reason I resist most of the time is because I'm comfortable. Please don't move me from this place, Lord. I'm comfortable. It's safe. It's secure. But the call of Jesus always, always, always takes us from our comfort zone into the unknown. My friends, as, as we consider what Jesus is calling us to do as a church, as a people, I can tell you without doubt that he is calling us to leave our comfort zones. This beautiful sanctuary where we gather each and every week is a place of refuge respite and it is a comfort zone and each and every Sunday Jesus is calling us to leave our comfort zone go into a world That might be a little frightening. But here's the good news. He never sends us alone. He never forsakes or abandons us and always goes with us. And so my challenge for each one of us, you and me included, is will we say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. And like the sons of Zebedee, I will do it immediately. Not like Robert who has to hesitate and wait and think about it and pray and figure out if it's the right thing to do. I'm going to go now. Because you're calling me. (coughs) That's what time it is. That's what time it is. Saying yes to Jesus. And to the call that each one of us has on our own lives. You have to believe me when I say each one of us was created for a purpose. Each one of us is given a call. And each one of us has the opportunity to say, here I am. Send me. Wherever that might be. Whatever that might look like. Yes, Lord. It's time. Amen. The invitation to Christian discipleship can sometimes be challenging. And so this week, my challenge to you and to me is to listen with the voice of God. What is God calling me to? Where is God leading me to? What is God calling me to do? And my prayer is that each one of us will respond by saying, yes, Lord, I will go.